Greetings, and welcome to the Prometheus Project Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bist. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. You know, I previously recorded a podcast discussing obscenity in art. And as a follow-up, I want to talk a bit about censorship. As a writer, an artist, I'm a proponent of free speech. Living here in the U.S., we have the First Amendment of the Constitution, which basically says that government cannot restrict an individual's right to express themselves. Seems straightforward. Not much ambiguity there. Of course, there are some restrictions on speech and expression here. For example, hate speech is, or was, marginalized. Seems to be making a comeback and has, unfortunately, become a little more mainstream. There's also speech that can cause harm, like shouting fire in a crowded theater or attempting to incite violence, or a riot. I can understand why these particular things are considered unprotected speech. It's to protect the greater good, to protect people from bodily harm. Personally, I'm a little torn on this. I mean, I believe that people should be able to say what's on their mind. But by the same token, people need to use common sense. There's a great bit by George Carlin about words, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically his argument is that Words are just words. It's the context that gives them power, one way or the other. As he said, it's not the words that are racist or hurtful. It's the ignorant redneck using those words that makes them that way. Context is everything. In my mind, I see it this way. Things like hate speech and calls for violence should be restricted. However, this isn't a ban on the words. The words are free to be used. It's the context that's being restricted, the hatefulness and attempts to cause fear or strife for others. I think I'm okay with that, but with one caveat. In art, I think there needs to be more leeway when it comes to things like this. Why? Because art can be used to explore hate, fear, prejudice, anger. And note that I said explore, not endorse. We need to be able to explore and understand the dark side of human nature so we can better respond to it, control it, keep the darkness at bay. The thing about censorship is that it's often biased and doesn't necessarily have anything to do with obscenity. Oftentimes, people want to censor things that they simply don't like. In their minds, if they don't like it, then no one else should. It's a small-minded and childish way of thinking. As I said in the Obscenity Podcast, if you don't like something you see on a television show, just change the channel. You know, you don't have to call for a boycott and write angry letters. I mean, it's your right to do so. If it makes you feel better, go for it. Self-expression, right? But to me, that's an overreaction. Like when a television show has an LGBT character, people try to get it canceled. Why? Just don't watch the show. It's that simple. You know, other people may enjoy the show, so let them. It's not causing anyone any harm. It makes me wonder, where does this mindset come from? Why do people feel the need to censor things they don't like or don't understand? In my opinion, it's all based on fear. Not necessarily fear like, oh my god, I'm terrified. It's fear of the unknown, fear of something out of the normal routine, fear of change. For example... Accepting a gay character on a TV show is difficult for some people because they were raised or taught that homosexuality is wrong. But societal norms change, and homosexuality is now accepted, or at least 
mostly accepted. But the person who is raised to think otherwise has a hard time accepting this change. Why? Because it means they have to accept that they were wrong. Their way of thinking was wrong. And for some reason, there are a lot of people who refuse to change their way of thinking because they don't want to admit they may have been wrong. Is this ego? Lack of self-awareness? Basic stubbornness? Maybe somebody with a psychology degree can answer this one for me. There's also a strange dichotomy between how people accept sex and violence. With sex, at least here in the U.S., people are more fragile and easily offended. You know, years ago when Janet Jackson flashed her breast during the Super Bowl halftime show, people lost their minds. All I could think was, this is a breast, people. Everyone has them. But yet, on any other night on U.S. network television, one can watch people being shot, stabbed, blown up, dropped off of buildings, blood splattering everywhere. And there usually aren't any protests about this. I find it incredibly confusing. Why are we censoring the human body? Something we're all familiar with. You know, we all share a lot of the same bits and pieces. But blood and guts and violence are fine and dandy? People get offended by the nude statue of David, an amazing piece of art, and call it obscene. But they have no problem taking their kids to see a horror movie. My opinion on this is that it's also based on fear. I feel that some people are afraid of the nude form because they feel they can't control their urges. Or they're ashamed of their own bodies and don't want to see anyone who might look better than them. Maybe they're afraid their boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or partner will see some nudity in a painting or a sculpture or on television and decide to leave them. Or maybe not want them anymore, won't be attracted to them anymore. It's unfortunate. Censorship is a tricky bugger. And for example, hate speech is technically legal as long as it doesn't turn into action or incite violence. So you can talk shit about a group of people all day long, but you can't act on those words, nor can you encourage others into acting on them. But then, how does one determine when that line is crossed? It's not like there's a clear line in the sand. Someone can talk all day about how much they hate women. But when does it get to the point that it's inciting violence? If you have someone standing on a street corner preaching the evils of women for three hours, and some guy passing by stops to listen, then a little while later goes on a shooting spree, how are we to know that that one person's words would incite violence in another? Maybe the speaker had been ranting about women for weeks or months, but on this one occasion, someone acted on his words. How do we reconcile that? Should he have been censored from the beginning and not allowed to speak? Technically and legally, the government can't stop this man from speaking. However, if a crowd of people gather to shout pro-women viewpoints and drown him out, maybe even run him off, is that censorship? Legally, no. Freedom of speech means the government can't censor you, but private individuals and companies, well, they don't have to put up with that bullshit. If this guy is spouting off in the parking lot at a Starbucks, then Starbucks can tell him to kindly piss off and there's not anything he can do about it. Well, maybe he can stand in the parking lot at, I don't know, at Dunkin' Donuts and screech about the evils of Starbucks and women. That's up to him. And Dunkin' Donuts. In the world of art and creativity, censorship is that toothy creature always lurking in a dark corner, 
peering over our shoulders while we work to create something. For me, someone who writes darker fiction, horror, erotica, weird stuff, censorship is always in the back of my mind. I know that there will be people offended by my stories, and I'm okay with that. What concerns me is if someone f ever feels my output is dangerous, offensive, wants to censor it. The thing is, <laughs> I almost look forward to it. Partly because it would be an interesting experience, but also because, hey, free publicity. But really, if someone were to call for censoring something I created, I'd like to engage them so I can understand their motivation, maybe help them to see things from another perspective. While in the end we may not agree, I think an honest dialogue, no yelling, no calling each other names, can still open doors. You know, plant that seed and hope that a new idea takes root. Of course, not everyone is going to be open to listening to another perspective. If someone has worked up about the content of Tropic of Cancer, you may not be able to explain to them the themes of the book, its place in the literary canon. For some people, the fear of the unknown, the fear of sex or the nude human form, it's difficult to overcome. Think of it like programming. This individual has been programmed their entire life, maybe by family, the society they live in, their religion, to think and behave a certain way. A 10-minute conversation isn't going to do much to change their way of thinking. As I mentioned a few moments ago, you might be lucky enough to plant that seed, but it's not going to allay their fears. That change can only come from within. So does this mean that there's nothing we can do about censorship? No, we can push back. There's legal options. In the case of banning books or art exhibits or movies, the courts have often ruled in the favor of the artists. But legal proceedings are expensive and time-consuming. If this is something you feel strongly about, then here in the U.S. you can support the ACLU and the National Endowment for the Arts. And if you're in another country... I'm sure that there's some organizations, either private or government, that support the arts. Personally, I think that education is the key. Fear often stems from ignorance. And don't confuse this fear with something like fear of falling off a cliff. <laughs> Different thing. Fear of the unknown is born of ignorance. And ignorance is not the same as stupidity. Again, different animals. Ignorance can be treated with knowledge, learning, evidence. When you encounter someone who feels that a work of art needs to be censored, you have to engage them in a rational way. But really, we need to start with young people. Show them the beauty of art, the variety, the depth. We have to show them how to look beyond the surface of a piece of art. Look at the subtext of a book or a sculpture or a song. Sure, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, but sometimes there's something more beneath the surface. That's one of the things I really enjoyed about my literature classes in college, looking beneath the surface of a story to see what other little treasures were hidden in there. It was interesting to read a story and take it at face value, but then to reread it and look deeper and see how it was influenced by a time period or a societal change. The same thing applies to visual arts. You can look at a painting or a photograph or a movie and see it for what it is, but then you can look at it again at a different time, in a different light, or even with a different state of mind, and see so much more. 
Movies are great for this. You can watch a movie and enjoy the story, but if you have some basic understanding of film, you can pick up a lot more. For example, the movie The Sixth Sense. Now, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Now, near the beginning, you see Bruce Willis's character filmed from above. I've heard this called the God Shot. For the casual viewer, it's just an interesting angle. But for someone who knows a little better, this was actually a hint that he had died. It's like when you see a character's face half in shadow in a scene. This usually means that they're duplicitous or have a good side, evil side. I think that educating people about art can help not only in art appreciation, but also in alleviating the fear that some people have of it. And in turn, this can cut down on the number of attempts to censor art, which, in the end, stifles self-expression. This is one of those topics I'm going to return to in future episodes so we can explore specific cases of censorship in various art forms. Alright, so for this episode's closeout, I'm going to give you a reading assignment. If you have a few minutes, please visit the website of the American Civil Liberties Union and read their page on freedom of expression in the arts and entertainment. It's a really great read. I'll also post a link to it on the page on my website for this episode. It'll be under the post for the Prometheus Project podcast, episode 11. And once you've read it, think about examples of censorship in your community or your country. How did people react? What was the outcome? Did you agree with it or disagree? You know, let me know your thoughts. You can reach me through my website, richardbist.com, or find me on Twitter at richardbist. I'd love to hear from you. Until next episode, cheers.